0: I was asking God. They said, "Lord, Lord, I noticed the little switch in the uh, uh, the format. Uh, my my normal." Uh, heart and presentation is just to really bring encouragement and, you know, and uh, uh, hopefully that you go home just inspired and, and your, your faith build up and, and and yet I've noticed that he's been given some direction, you know what I mean? And, and he's, uh, he's went ahead and, and, and uh, seemingly uh, uh, while we enjoy and, 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 and always want to remember and we celebrate and we worship what Christ has done but how that, what Christ has done, you know, becomes how it's supposed to play out in our lives. So that's the direction that, that I feel that he is, you know, uh, has been taking us uh, ever since our, our, our couples checkup. And we started with the basic foundation of the very fundamental things, you know what I mean, of, of, of how things are to play out in our lives. Uh, we know what God has done. We know he forgives, we know God loves, you know what I mean? Uh, 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 all the things about God, but how is that supposed to translate in us? And so then we, we, we had the couples check up, you know what I mean? And, and uh, uh, learn how to communicate the things that uh, make for relationship in that, uh, the home, uh, the, the, the parents of the home. And then uh, you know we talked about the, the, uh, uh, how important the body is uh, an angle that, 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 you know, I'd never presented or seen it that way before. I know the body's important, but, but you know, uh, you ain't going anyplace and you ain't doing anything, you know? And so the, the, the character and the, the criteria of the body really comes into play to the realm of the spirit and the kingdom of God. And last week we talked about call to remembrance, you know what I mean? Or opening the gates of uh, uh, recollection. You know, today I want to, I want to talk to you guys about what I think is, is the greatest prison there is, and um, that is unforgiveness, unforgiveness. We would not immediately associate ourselves, uh, you know, with, with regard to that, that we would even have it in our lives. I'm not suggesting that we do, but I, I think it's good that we look at it, because how is forgiveness supposed to play out in our lives. And so I said, Lord, what what are you doing? He said, very clearly, he said, I'm preparing you for revival. I'm preparing you for revival. And uh, uh, that he is giving us keys and directing uh, our living that is a good part, a necessary part of, of revival. Hosea chapter 10 verse 12 says that we need to, we need to uh, break up the fallow ground. That is areas that have been left dormant for uh, quite a while okay at one time they had been cultivated at one time they had been prepared and yet you know what I mean Uh, uh, due to lack due to you know various things they they, it's it's left gone Uh, it needs to have some attention given to it and uh, which really has to do with heart preparation you know and uh, he says to break up the fallow ground for his time to seek the Lord and so that is prevailing prayer so we're 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 uh uh, and then it says till he comes and rains righteousness on you so it's not enough just to be interested in revival we must be burdened for it amen hallelujah and revival is an increased spiritual spiritual interest It's when we're filling empty hearts that have no passion and empty wills that have no purpose. Building a revival culture. Building a revival culture. If we want to build and sustain a healthy revival culture, we need to clarify our values and our priorities. We are called to bring heaven to earth. Now think about this, church. We are called to bring heaven to earth so that we can experience God's presence and God's power in everyday life and living. Oh. A shift in our hearts in which we value God's power and God's presence above all things. For God has appointed the body of Christ to be ambassadors. It's not all about you. We're ambassadors, spiritual ambassadors, who represent the kingdom in every arena of human life. And our purpose is to connect believers and those unbelievers to the presence and the power of God. In John chapter 15, Jesus said that, that except you abide in me and my words abide in you. You know what I mean? You know, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So our role as a church, our role as, as believers, you know, is, is, is amounts to more than just our salvation. You can help me out here if you agree with me. Because <laughs> it's the truth anyway. No. it's It amounts to more than our salvation. It amounts to more than just, you know, the good things and, you know, and, and the excellencies of our own personal lives. It really amounts to that we become the bearers and the ambassadors Right now in the world conflicts, we're sending ambassadors trying to find avenues of communication and in, in, uh, whereby we can open doors. And that's our role. Is as we enter, you know, engage in people's lives. and Somehow we can introduce, you know, uh, the kingdom of God and the, the king of the kingdom in which, which you all believe, you know, and, and you're doing that. And, 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 uh, but God is, God is, is, is turning up the, 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 uh, the intensity of it and the focus of it. Oh, by the way, before I go too far here, Brian and Jolene, the Lord spoke to my heart this morning and said, you know what I mean? You tell them that there will not be any loss. So you don't have to worry about this journey You know, that's taken place, but there will not be any loss. So, amen. Amen. I just share that with you. That's what God said. It's up to him to take care of it, not me. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And he will do it. He will do it. Yes, he will. Praise God. So there are three things that we're, we're, we're focusing on. Uh, yeah, number one, revival. We often speak of it in a general terms, you know what I mean? And that's okay if you do that. But revival, first of all, is an awakening to the presence of God through relationship with Jesus Christ. That's revival. Okay? That's personal. We need an awakening, you know what I mean, uh, of the presence of God through relationship. Then there's Renewal. Renewal. It's a disposition in which the Christian is experiencing the fruit of the Spirit actively working in his, his in her life. It's not just an encounter, it's a lifestyle. All right? It, is, it, is, it has to do with the divine presence, it's being transformed into active agents of God, not merely someone enamored with the divine presence. You can be enamored about a lot of things. You can watch a movie and don't be so caught up into it, you know. but it's not reality. And so that's revival and then we gotta have the renewal. And then we gotta have restoration, restoration. Uh, and that is what makes us whole again. See, without restoration, we're nothing more than a hyperactive, God-loving people on a track burning out like a shooting star across the skies. And having been around, you know what I mean, and all, very, a lot of moves of God sometimes, you know what I mean, that's where we end up, is a shooting star. But God doesn't want us to be shooting stars. He wants us to be lights in a world. In other words, that we actually have a place in the planet (laughs) positioned that's functioning and working within the realm of the whole. You understand what I'm saying? I love, you know, the shooting stars. But how many know that a Milky Way can give a whole lot better direction than a shooting star? Huh? Come on, church. Absolutely. Absolutely really can and so so that's where he's taking us that's what he's doing he's in that he's in that that preparation and so today i want to talk about making life work and the key of forgiving forgiveness offenses come it's part of the world the fallen world that we live in they will come. You have had them if you've lived any time at all. How they have affected you, how you have responded to it, you know what I mean. And uh, if they're still hanging on to your life, we'll have to discover that. But more than ever in our time right now, we are we are an offended people. People are losing the ability to disagree. They're losing the ability to remain friends because of an offended spirit that is so dominant and prevailing in the land. An offended spirit is disturbed. The value of personal relationships disappear. So when an offended spirit is there, then the value of that relationship disappear. And then everything that begins to come your way is in a personal attack. It's an offended spirit. We want to unlock the, the prison of unforgiveness, a process that we cannot ignore if we want to become the people of God Because forgiveness is about changing the future. It's about your house, my house, my heart, your heart. It's one of the greatest blessings that God has given to us. Not only his forgiveness to us, but our forgiveness to each other. Forgiveness is the power to choose how the events affect you, life. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus speaks about the law of forgiveness. He says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's the law of forgiveness. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. We have some scriptures, I think. Uh, We got that one up there. Next one. With all lowliness and gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Let me start out by letting you know that when we're be talking about these parables and these, these, these passages of scriptures, that Jesus is not talking about your salvation. He's talking about your relationships. Your relationship with one another and your relationship with Jesus. All right? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. So it is not, it is not forgiveness from the standpoint of position, it is forgiveness in the, relationship, in, the, in the realm of relationship. You shall forgive one another. In other words, what, I'm, what he's saying is, he said, he's saying, you know, well, if you don't forgive your brother, then God's going to take away your forgiveness of sin for salvation. Well, God chose to forgive you for your, your, your sin of salvation, you know, way before you were even alive. So it's relational here that he's talking about. If you don't forgive, you know, your brother's offense, then what's going to happen is, is, you know, those offenses that you've committed toward him that undo your relationship is going to hinder that. You're not going to have a good relationship with your father through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to stand in In the way. Now, uh, that's important because otherwise you're going to be saved and unsaved and saved and unsaved and saved and unsaved. And, you know, every time that, you know what I mean, it didn't work quite right, you know. Forgiveness is our daily bread. Give us, it says in, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debtors. So it's our daily bread. Forgiveness is extending grace. I want to bring us into what forgiveness is because sometimes people are not forgiving because they don't really understand it, you know, and the dynamics of it and where it goes to. But when we forgive, we are turning the key of prison cells in our own life. Forgiveness has nothing to do with who's right and who's wrong. Forgiveness is a free agent. It is not attached to reason or agreement or understanding. Not at all. Forgiveness. It's a prison. It slams the door. on new beginnings. It entrenches you in. Presence. And your past. It's the cancer of the soul. It suffocates joy. It paralyzes moving on. It impairs your judgment. It ruins your personality. And we find that it also stifles your gift. Unforgiveness. To forgive is to take the garbage and dispose of it, leaving the house fresh and clean. It's like taking the garbage out. God wants us to forgive because he doesn't want anything to stand between us and him. He wants that perfect fellowship. When we don't forgive, we become the victims. When we live life holding on to prior hurts, which we all have had, we are restraining ourselves from liberty that was paid for us on the cross. Forgive as Christ, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Unforgiveness will hinder you from moving forward in life. It'll become a continuous weight in, in your running. Unforgiveness locks us in a time machine, frozen in the moments that are past, consuming our thought pattern Burning up all of our energies. Offenses that have occurred. Offenses is a word that's so freely thrown out today too. Well, you offended me. Forgiveness takes anger and hurt and brings healing and peace. It frees your heart, soothes your spirit, and all of a sudden, the trajectory of your life changes. Forgiveness is the greatest weight loss program that you'll ever know. And it's the greatest facelift you'll ever give yourself. The internal clutter, emotional, physical, are all attached to unforgiveness. Depression gets released. Joy gets restored. And all of a sudden, the fog of seeing and thinking clearly is reestablished, all because you do away with unforgiveness and, and you forgive. Forgiveness empowers you to give up the sufferings of the past. And you get to forge ahead. I love what the prophet Isaiah said. Rise, shine, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Forgiveness is a, really a reflection of God's character. Forgiveness demonstrates that we have not forgotten that we have been forgiven. Forgiveness turns you in the direction to the road of, of freedom. It helps you so you're not constantly reminiscing about the former offenses and living your lives through past experiences. Those things that begin to factor in and how you see and react to the world. forgiveness will free God to move on your behalf you see it isn't the offense that destroys the relationship it's the inability to forgive that destroys the relationship The inability to forgive why should we forgive because it's important to us but because it's important to God it's important to God. If he forgave us, we should also forgive. Ephesians 4 and 2, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Colossians 3 and 13, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also do it. He said, no, I don't waste your time. Yes, there's times that you must come together, but that primarily is for reconciliation. We'll get to that. You don't have to have reconciliation to forgive. They are not the same. They are not the same. The neat thing about forgiveness and why you can go ahead and do it is this, you know what I mean, is that, that forgiveness does not condone the actions. Forgiveness is not saying that what you did is okay. Not at all. But forgiveness gives us the opportunity to extend what has been already extended to us, and that is forgiveness. Forgiveness clears your head, your heart, and your vision. Forgiveness requires the greatest sacrifice of all virtues there is. Absolutely. When you forgive, you're living in grace. And you're extending the same grace that's already been received and extended to you. Forgiveness is releasing a person from your expectations which they have not met. Now, I'm know, I'm doing a lot of, you know, uh, defining here, but I think it's important. Forgiveness. The basis of our forgiveness of others is God's forgiveness with us. And as we're celebrating this Easter season, you know what I mean? What a wonderful thing and, and rejoicing and we praise, you know I mean, That God has given, forgiven us. But how should it translate in our lives? How can the message of forgiveness... You know what I mean? Be demonstrated and portrayed and carried into our communities and into the lives of other people. It's more challenging and more difficult to forgive your brother than it is to forgive God. That's right. But yet, you know, John the Beloved said this. He said, you know, with a relationship to love. Well, you can say you love God, but you don't love your brother. Well, it doesn't work that way, he said. Because seeing relationships must, you know what I mean, have have a, 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 an emphasis over non-seeing relationships. That's what he's saying. Because how can you say you love God whom you've not seen, you know what I mean? And yet you don't love your brother whom you have seen. Oh, yes. And the, the believer who has been granted forgiveness now has been also, you know, given the capacity to, to forgive. While forgiveness means to wipe the slate clean, very true, but it's also allowing for errors and weaknesses. It's to give up on resentment. I have a definition for forgiveness, and I don't know if we have that up there. We don't. I'll I'll read it to you. And kind of complicated. My son pointed out to me, but I'll try to uncomplicate it here. Forgiveness is a decision I make to obey God and to walk a lifestyle in a higher realm by not allowing someone else's actions or attitudes to dictate my actions or attitudes. Let me read it again. Forgiveness is a decision I make to obey God and walk in a lifestyle or walk a lifestyle in a higher realm by not allowing someone else's actions or attitudes to dictate my actions or attitude. It was Martin Luther King. He said this, Forgiveness is not an occasional act. It is a permanent attitude. A permanent attitude. The beauty of forgiveness is it allows us to get our own heart right with God. Forgiveness starts like this. It's an awareness that an offense has been committed. Somebody has committed something against you. It has offended you. Forgiveness isn't saying that you're not owed something. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you go into denial and forget that it ever happened. No. Forgiveness does not erase the memory. I have heard sincere statements that if you really forgive somebody, you will not remember it. Well, good luck. (laughs) Forgiveness doesn't declare that the offender, what the offender did is okay. Doesn't do that. Forgiveness is not a reward for modified behavior, but it is a vote of confidence. It's a vote of confidence because you and I have received a vote of confidence from God. Forgiveness does not conceal the seriousness of the hurt. Now, it doesn't say that you're no longer affected by it. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness does acknowledge the debt, but you're choosing to cancel it. Matthew chapter 6. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. There is a debt. There is a wrong. But when you forgive, you're releasing your tie to the debtor. You're not going to keep track of it. When Jesus was asked the question, how many times? Saying, you don't keep track of it. You just let it. You just let it go. The difference between forgiveness and reconciliation, I think, is good here. (laughs) Forgiveness does not mean reconciliation is restored. That's why some people can't forgive. They don't let it go totally and completely because they figure somehow there has to be a reconciliation first. There has to come together, you know. God has has forgiven us, but we must come into agreement with Him to be reconciled to Him. Reconciliation is the agreement of two parties. Forgiveness is the act of one party toward another party. So, forgiveness does not require reconciliation in a broken relationship, because sometimes that's impossible. <clears throat> forgiveness focuses on addressing the offense, while reconciliation focuses on the relationship. And reconciliation is not always possible, but forgiveness is always mandatory. Mandatory. Forgiveness means that you are releasing the offender into the care of Jesus, who is the judge and your defender. It is saying you are not going to avenge, but you're going to let God take care of that part. Forgiveness says you recognize that you cannot be the enforcer of justice. Forgiveness is you're taking the person off your hook and putting him on God's hook. In forgiveness, you can still call the police. And testify in court. Yep. Let's look at forgiveness and boundaries. Forgiveness does not mean that you should remove the proper boundaries that prevent future damage. so important because people are not really forgiving not because they do want to but they can't go into the relationship anymore but you can you can forgive you can forgive and still have boundaries with relationship to future damage let me say here we need to be so careful if at all possible offenses will come but the defenses are not coming by us Offences will come but woe to him by whom offences come. Careful. Careful he says. There's enough of it running around. Don't you be the one. That's that's intentionally. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. In forgiveness, you do not lose common sense when you forgive. Forgiveness doesn't mean you open yourself up to blind trust. Not a blind trust. Forgiveness. So those patches of scriptures he says forgive so you can be forgiven so you can keep relationships intact so you can keep the heart pure so you can keep you know what I mean you know your perspective where you're coming from there's not a wall there but neither is there just pure vulnerability. Forgiveness. When we forgive, heaven's power is activated. It's activated. Angels are activated, demons become bound. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in, in heaven. The dynamic power that happens when, go ahead and forgive. Forgive. So our forgiveness releases what's been bound and it binds what needs to be bound. It enables you to move on with your life. Let's take the story of Joseph. Story of Joseph, if you're familiar with, you know what I mean, and how he was sold by his brothers. Just a young man. taken far faraway country in Egypt and you know the events that, that happened and transpired in his life. And it wasn't until, I forget how many years later, a lot of years later, before he ever was put in a position to face-to-face forgive his brothers, but because he had a forgiving heart. It never interrupted or stopped the progress of his life. He rose. He rose to second in command. Even in prison. I mean, when it seems like, is there ever a place and a point for unforgiveness? From recollection, he chose not to. And... <laughs> And at those moments, because he had forgiveness and just, he didn't let that dictate his life and how he's going to respond. You know, the flow of God, the insights that God gave him and the favor that he got all around. Pretty amazing. Young 17 year old boy thrown in a pit. And finally, sold. Maintain forgiveness. Forgiveness allows you to pursue the destiny that God has in your life. You don't become imprisoned by others or yourself. frees you up. That's the first thing that God starts with is forgiveness. It's the springboard to the future. Scientifically, we know that unforgiveness is The main one of the main issues with health problems. One of the main issues. Emotional issues that translate to physical issues. And please, you know, every physical issue is not a, you know, lack of forgiveness, don't get me wrong, but they tell us that very clearly. Starts as a hurt. Churches are wrong. Transgression. You did something good and they did not return good. It can become an amazing web. Amazing web so much that, you know what I mean, That, that some people even go to personalities. They don't like your personality, so hey, you know. God says I He said I did it for For Christ's sake. The Father said I did it for Christ's sake. Christ is saying, won't you do it for my sake? Won't you to forgive for my sake? You'll be safe. You don't have to worry about being safe. I asked the musicians to come this morning. <laughs> You're not going to do that this morning, but Jesus made it clear that if you don't forgive, you position yourself outside of the blessing. If relationships between husband and wives can affect the effectiveness of prayer, we're seeing a principle. It's very possible that relationships that stretch further than that can also begin to affect the effectiveness of our prayers. Let's not give the enemy any place. That's what what Paul said. Don't give the devil any opportunity. How would that work? How would that work? Did you know that God is a, is a righteous God? He's a law God. You know, the devil can bring up, you know what I mean? A legal aspect. He can put things on hold. Until somehow, you know what I mean? Somebody recognizes it, moves it and gets it covered, gets it released by what Jesus Christ has done. It was Moses that... Scripture says that we're getting ready to decide. You know what I mean? The direction he's going to go. And the devil stood up and said, "Wait a minute now! I'm going to bring up something on him." Says they disputed over the body of Moses. What's he doing there with that? He's got some things against Moses, and of course he had to move into a. You know what I mean? Another framework in order for it to be released. forgiveness hurts I don't want to do that because I got hurt church come on now I'm not going to serve like that because I got hurt how many know that's unforgiveness that's not forgiveness your past is holding and determining your future I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to set myself up. He said, I'm preparing you for a revival. John the Baptist came on the scene, he was a prophetic fulfillment of, he said, there's some division. He said, I'm going to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children, in the hearts of the children, back to the fathers. Hallelujah. The greatest surgery you'll ever give your life is forgiveness, is to forgive. Forgive. You did me wrong, but I'm not gonna collect the debt. Stand with me this morning Relationship, relationship, relationship. Everybody say it with me. Relationship, relationship, relationship. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. What's he saying? Concentrate, keep the relationship. It's more important. It's more important. God uh, It's one of Gordy and I's favorite scriptures and Isaiah fifty-eight. Revival. Revival. He says, if you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and the speaking of wickedness. He said, if you'll change your conversation, you'll speak good and better about them. You know what's going to happen? God's going to, all of a sudden, start to invade. He's going to start to invade them. See, so, but you can't. You can't get up and you can't have conversations and have this one and have that one, and, you know? Yeah. And point out their faults and everything and in the, in their shortcomings. That's what he said. Can't do it. there's a problem we're messed up if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul then your light shall break shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the new one day oh church let me tell you the mission is still the same it's to help people can you figure out how you do that with, with your life the arena that God has has put you in. I'm determined that revival is, is not something that's gonna bypass me. He says if you do this, the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones, and you'll be like a watered garden. And that's the that was the revival that God said revival that he promised what it'd look like it'd be like a well watered garden well watered garden not just shooting star but lights that are placed you know in the cycle of of life he goes on to tell you all the things that'll happen Do we have a song, but how many think that forgiveness is really in order? I do. I do, church. You know what I mean? And it can happen just right now. It's just something you just go ahead and you decide. You just release it. You know? Praise God. You focus and concentrate on forgiveness, not on the debt. Don't rehearse the debt rehearse the forgiveness once you understand the depth of our sin and the distance it placed between us and God and once we get a glimpse of the sacrifice he made to restore fellowship that fellowship with us we should not hesitate to forgive amen Amen. hallelujah Forgive, it's not reconciliation. It's just a posture and a position of your heart in your in your attitude. Reconciliation is a wonderful thing, but that's another step in the whole process. Father, we thank you this morning that you forgave us first. And as your sons and your daughters, Father, and while it's vital to our life, it's vital to our mission. Is vital to who we are. It's vital, God, to 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 God, uh, uh, the kingdom. Yes. We choose to forgive yes. in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah! Give the Lord a praise. Let us get ready for revival. Yes. Amen. God bless you.